Next on BYU Sports Nation, temporary March sadness for BYU basketball. The Cougars one and done in Las Vegas, but what does that mean for March madness? What happened? And what does it mean for BYU moving forward with the NCAA tournament up next? Plus our two-on-one with college basketball insider and expert Andy Katz, why he still likes the Cougars to make a run in the bracket. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live from Las Vegas. One final time in the 2020 West Coast Conference Tournament. Your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, March 10th, wherever and however you're connected. I know, frustrating, but it's still great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with classic sweatshirt model, Jerem Jordan. I typically wear this after BYU losses, and I didn't want to wear it. Although I did wear it the other day. It's just been a minute. You know, BYU had a nine-game win streak. I hadn't worn it in a while. I like this uh, sweater. So, Do you take it with you everywhere just in case? No. No. I put it in my uh, closet. Maybe you should show some faith next time and not bring it. Uh, I have 20 years of data. <laughs> it's been 20 years since BYU won a conference championship in the tournament. Oh, it hurts so much. Come on, man. I know. Santa Maria. This, this was maybe going to be the year, right? Oh, this might be the year. Now it's yeah. maybe yeah, I, next year is I, the year. Yeah, I, there's two parts of me, and we're going to dive into this in a moment, but the, the frustration and apathy of losing again and that game, the way it was played. And then there's the, well, BYU doesn't typically win this anyway. We're kind of used to this, unfortunately, and BYU was already in the tourney and what that means and what the seed is. So the good news is BYU's going dancing. That's the awesome news. Yes. That's great. And we'll, di- we'll dive into all these little nuances. Like, there's yeah, there's two sides of me that are like, Rah! like everyone was last night, and then the other side is like, you know what? Is it that bad? There it's is annoying, also, yeah, for sure. But we're going down, so let's go. Barring BYU seeing Gonzaga at some point in the NCAA tournament bracket, there is a potential silver lining in that the Zags will have to sit on a loss to BYU for almost a full year. We're so petty. And <laughs> we can't just enjoy our own things. We're like, but Utah is going to check Hey. That's what we sound like. You got, you got to look for these small moral victories. Yeah, shout out to, like, Cougar Born Incarnate yesterday that uh, find me and they go, hey, is Kobe Lee sick? And I hadn't seen, like, Greg's tweet, you know, and they're like, we thought you know. I was like, this is Cougar Born, like, Incarnate. Well. Here they are. And as I as I rush away, it hurt BYU last <laughs> night. It, it it clearly hurt BYU last night. Now I have Kobe Lee. So hey, another silver lining. Hot take: Dalton Kobe Nixon, Lee being sick cost BYU the game. Dalton Nixon, <laughs> Kobe Lee, both back for the NCAA tournament should help. Hopefully, right? yeah. it should help. Yeah, yeah. Today's group therapy show lineup includes the latest NCAA metrics for BYU basketball. Was last night's loss really that bad? Oh, here we go. There's a loss. Was it bad? Where's that angle? Well, yes, it was bad because BYU, for the fourth time this season, has blown blown a lead in which they had a 90% chance or better of winning the game in the second half. I hate when Sports Nation just sugarcoats it, man. Oh, there's no sugarcoating. It just... 
when you step back and look at it, we will look. It is stinks. It, is it that bad when the when you look at all the metrics? We were asked to be quiet yesterday. I'm probably going to be a little louder today. Can no one, you, no one's in here. You, louder than usual? Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's go. NCAA.com insider yeah. Andy Katz gives us his take on why BYU fans should not freak out. This is Andy Katz. He's no vested interest in BYU. He's not a fan. He tells us why BYU fans should not freak out. And BYU basketball analyst Mark Duran on how the Cougars can use this loss as a catalyst for something positive. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. I know most of you saw it. BYU loses to St. Mary's. What? 51 to 50 in the West Coast Conference semifinals last night at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. 51 to 50. Woof. The Gales advance to play Gonzaga in the WCC title game where they will attempt to defend their tournament title. Good for them. 50 points for BYU, the lowest total the Cougars have scored all season. Side note, Yoli Childs did pass Kyle Collinsworth as BYU's all-time leading rebounder. Obviously, Yoli was not really focused on metrics last night after the game, rather on how the Cougars got pushed around. You know, postseason basketball, you're allowed to play a lot more physical, and uh, I guess we weren't ready for that tonight on the offensive end, and uh, we're going to take that and learn from it and prepare for the next step. The next next step step is the NCAA tournament selection Sunday in five days, March 15th, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. We'll find out where BYU's going, what seed they will have, and who they're matched up with. I hope they're in a Friday-Sunday bracket. The men's volleyball team's ranked, that's not good enough, number one in the ABCA coaches poll, receiving all but one of the first-place votes. Grand Canyon, Matt Worley, what? what? BYU swept you on your home court. Why wouldn't, what? It's the first time since 2016 the Cougars are number one in that poll. The Brigham Youngs play at Stanford this Friday in front of a third of the capacity of crowd, which is about 2,100. Let's stay with the volleyball theme. The men's team sweeping the MPSF Weekly Awards for the third time this season. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Offensive Player of the Week, after 11 aces, giving him an NCAA leading 56 this season. That's a BYU single-season record. Miki Yahianainen won the MPS at Defensive Player of the Week after 13 blocks over eight sets against then-top-ranked Hawaii. The Cougars next play at number 14 Stanford this Friday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. And men's golf's in eighth place in the Lampkin Classic today in California. Headed into the final round, seven strokes behind leader San Francisco. Peter Quest for perfection, tied for six. Jerem Sweatshirt says it best. Sports! All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We just told you some of the dismal numbers for BYU basketball. They had season low in points scored in... (sighs) Season high in disappointment. Season high in disappointment. Yeah. Season high in that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that season lows in so many different categories. It was the worst game statistically the BYU has played all year, and they still had an opportunity to beat St. Mary's. That's the scenario that the Cougars were dealing with. Jerem, what in the world happened last night? Fred Willard said it best, right? In uh, was it best in sh- no? What was it? Which mockumentary was in? What happened? We did that on the Pope Show. What happened? Here's what happened. Uh, I'm going to explain what I think, and you will as well, but I want to hear from Yoli Childs and Mark Pope. 
right now? We just weren't prepared for the, the nature of the game today. Uh, St. Mary's was tougher than us. Uh, they were more physical than us. Um, and, and I think that really got us out of our stuff. I thought on the defensive end, we really, really competed. And St. Mary's did a great job uh, being physical with us and turned up the tempo defensively and couldn't really respond. Thank you, gentlemen. So physical, pressure, defense. St. Mary's made BYU. It's from Mighty Wind, by the way. Thank you, truck. St. Mary's played a St. Mary's game. They muddied it up. Uh, St. Mary's got into half-court basketball, and BYU decided that was the game they were going to play as well. Early, I felt like BYU probably could have pushed the tempo more, and St. Mary's said, please, take a double-digit lead over us. Please, we're going to start at 315, and then BYU's like, no, 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 we're going to turn it over a lot. And it was just sloppy. And BYU had the lead for the majority of the game, but then, and Jordan Ford was frankly coasting on purpose offensively. He wasn't being on attack the same way he is until the final eight minutes. And then he started going, and then it was tougher, right? BYU had an opportunity to put this game away early and often. BYU is up six at the half. They go on a 5 0 run, they're up 11. That's the largest margin. In that moment, as BYU just keeps the pedal down a little bit more and meets that physicality, it's tough. In the second half, BYU's, BYU's two of the big three didn't make a shot, oh. which brings us to the stinky stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. As a team, BYU made six field goals in the second half. Six! Four were from Yoli Childs. And if he makes a fifth, it's like 20 seconds left or whatever that he almost makes that. If it's a three-point game. That was tough to see Jake Toulson and TJ Haas. And TJ did not play a great game. TJ He was two for 14. This was a real struggle for TJ. TJ Haas and Jake Toulson combined, combined for zero made shots in the second half. BYU went nine minutes without a made field goal. They went, they made two of the last 12 and a half minutes. What? It was that bad. It was that bad. And yet BYU had a one point lead with seven seconds to play. The Cougars played their worst game of the season offensively and still were in position to win this game. Doesn't make it any less frustrating, but here's what, here's the disconcerting trend. BYU and this specific team, they have been in this scenario often where they have like a pretty decent sized lead. BYU led by nine in the first half last night. They led by 11 in the second half last night, had over a 90% chance to win the game according to all those power metrics and watch that lead slip away. In front of a crowd that was largely pro BYU. Yes, they. You know what? You know what? Uh, BYU fans and uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are good at. When things are good, they jump on the wagon and it's all in, right? Bang! We're going from New York to Utah. Let's go, everybody! Let's go! Like historically, we're great at that. BYU had a nine-point lead against San Diego State at home. Mm-hmm. Watch that slip away. Ninety-plus percent chance. Do we have to, to walk through all these. San Francisco, fourteen-point lead. On the road, second half, nope. 90% chance to win that game. Utah, whatever that was. Utah, yeah. your double-digit lead. This, is, this has happened four times now. So the Cougars need to figure out how to not let a lead like that Just slip away. Just don't get too big of a lead. It, it, it is. That, that's the <laughs> disconcerting thing. And St. Mary's did turn up the defense. Mark Pope mentioned how tough they were, and BYU just did not match that physicality. Why can't BYU be that tough? But from an offensive standpoint, it just felt like there was too much 
dribble action into traffic. A lot of individual play. Yoli Childs had five turnovers. How many times did he turn the ball over driving the ball inside into traffic? Jake Tilson had five Four, turnovers. Jake Tilson had five turnovers. It just happened too much. Yeah. Ball was a little sticky in hands, too much dribble drive action. This played perfectly into the game plan for St. Mary's. They muddied it. They wanted to slow it down. That's how they beat Gonzaga in the championship game last year, just like that. Mm. Topic two. After the loss, it's time to move on. Where is it? At some point, Selection Sunday is uh, this week in the NCAA tournament uh, next week. Mark Pope, talk about your thoughts. Mark. Mark, Same talk about the great later. job uh, being physical with us and turning up the tempo of defense so we couldn't really respond. They did not respond. No. They, they turned up the defense, and that was not the right sound, but that's okay. <laughs> he talked about the fact that, okay, it's a senior group, and they need to move on now and look ahead, and, and it's going to be hard to look ahead. They're going to sit in this until Selection Sunday. How do you move ahead until Selection Sunday, right? So, Spencer, what now? Where does BYU go from here? Well, you know, Mark mentioned last night that it's going to hurt worse tomorrow, and mm-hmm. then it'll hurt even worse two days from now. So there will be a bottoming out emotionally that BYU will go through. This is a game that they had to wait nine days to play. And now BYU is going to wait nine days on it to sit on this for nine days. So where if I'm the coach, if I'm a player in my mind, I'm thinking I don't ever want to feel anything like that again. That was awful. That was our worst offensive performance. Are you talking about last year against San Diego in this tournament or last night? Um, it could because be that feels right? like it both. Could, it could be either. Obviously, it's different, different this year, right? BYU is going to the tournament, certainly. But they played their worst game of the season in Vegas. It happened again. Like it happened what? again. This team's way better. Totally different team. Yeah, yeah. They're in the semifinals because different opponent. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I hate walking out of here disappointed um, on Monday, not Tuesday. I could, I could take Tuesday. Go, you know, this Gonzaga Invitational. Da, da, da. Now it's hard, but. You're going to dance. That's great. Let That's it, different. I'm okay with them stewing in this for a few days to, to drive the intensity up. They've got to figure out a way. And the funny thing is, because they just went through a nine-day layoff, now they know, okay, we're going to do this again, but this time we're going into the NCAA tournament. we got to figure out a way to bring the juice and they will benefit from having Dalton Nixon back. Hopefully. hopefully. We don't know that. And Colby Lee not having the flu. Right. Which hopefully. Not coronavirus, by the way. He was tested and he doesn't have it. So between those two things, added depth to the roster. They're going to play somebody they haven't played a million times. Yes. That it's, opponent's it's, not going to know, know all like their this. tendencies. Yes. It's going to be different. BYU will be better for this, but I'm okay with them stewing in this for a few days. Be angry. Be disgusted. Let it fester inside. Like, I hope this is a wake-up call. I know. Yeah. Appropriately, right? Use this as a wake-up call. Like, like live in it. Make it. I want it to hurt, and that it will for the guys. Maybe they turn it around. I don't need a wake-up call. I set my own alarm, and I get up. I don't need someone to call the phone and for me to pick up. And it's disappointing that BYU needed the hotel to call the room last night and say, you lost. Go home. And wait until Selection Sunday. That's disappointing. Yet, uh, BYU hasn't won a tourney in 20 years. Disappointing fact of the day, right? Not, we have a stat of the day. This is now fact of the day. Uh, and so BYU is going to have to BYU will not move on until Sunday. 
because they don't know who they play next. They don't know where they're going. They know it's Thursday. But uh, we'll know Sunday afternoon where BYU is going. And then you can move on. You can focus on something else. When a hard thing happens, you have to have something to distract you. What's going to distract BYU? Nothing this week. And that stinks. But the, I, there is great contentment. I walked out of the... I'm, I get more annoyed like the morning after than I do the night of. Last night, I was like, we're going to the dance. It's going to be okay. I'm, I'm bummed that this happened and disappointed in the performance. BYU's going to the dance. It means BYU's not going to be a four or five seed. Probably a six. I'm guessing, and based on our conversation, I think we feel the same. BYU's going to be a six, probably. I'd, I'd be disappointed if BYU was a seven. If they were an eight, I'll be ticked off. I think BYU's going to be not happening. A, that be, is not happening. I think BYU's going to be a six, and they're going to match up. Uh, you know, in a game, they can they'll be the favorite against an eleven, and then they'll probably play a three, maybe fourteen if there's a shocker, and they'll uh, they'll have a game for uh, you hope the Sweet Sixteen. This team's got to win the next game. They've got to win in the NCAA tournament, or they just blend into all the other teams that made the tournament but didn't win there. And this team can be special. I think this team's got a shot at making a little run here. And if BYU made the Sweet Sixteen, we'd say this is one of the top three teams ever, ranked. Beat Gonzaga, the nine-game win streak, the special se- like this has been a special season. Yes, but they need a they need a moment, another moment. Otherwise, it's just isolated to the Gonzaga game, which is awesome. Don't they get need me wrong. a punctuating moment. Every yes. guy on the team has said we don't want that to be the highlight of the season. Right now, it's definitely the highlight. We thought maybe there was an opportunity here to oh. get to Tuesday and challenge Gonzaga again. Opportunity Gonzaga- missed. Let's be honest. Gonzaga was sweating a little bit about BYU. Oh, they just beat us by 13. We don't want to see him again. And they lost on this court last year to St. Mary's. Instead, BYU's going home, and Gonzaga's going to crush the Gales tonight. We have probably no gas in the tank, and we're lucky to get to this point. Like, they earned it, right? Um, but, yeah, uh, one one notable figure came up to us right after the game and said, if you guys don't mention how Sunday play is a major issue, you're missing the story. Like, the inability to practice and whatnot. Which, and St. Mary's getting a day of rest after the double overtime melee they went that's through. That's the idea. If they're playing the next day. If knew, they were probably playing St. Mary's. If St. Mary's is playing the next day, then they're a different team. Right. But Sunday play is the thing that we just, at the end of the month, I don't sit there and go, oh, my gosh, 10% tithing? What? I just know it's going to happen. That's the case, and I accept that, right, willingly. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I do, right? And a lot of us that are watching do. Sunday play is built into what we do. It's what we do. No Sunday play. Yeah. No Sunday play. The lack thereof. 20 years since BYU will have won a conference tournament championship. 20? That, that, who knows what happens next year? I mean, Gonzaga is going to be favored to win the conference tournament championship again next year. Oh, I don't know. But it will be at least 20 years. You got to wait until 2021 for the next It's been 20 seasons. 20 seasons. Okay, so the that was last the time. 20th loss in a row in the conference championship where BYU didn't win it. Listen to this. Yeah. The last time BYU won a conference tournament championship, year. 2001. Yeah. Okay? yeah. The Space top Odyssey. TV show was Friends. <laughs> That's still the top TV show on, like, Hulu. They still had, like, right. three seasons after that, by the way. Oh, jeez. Okay. Top movie, The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. The top song was Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical. Shaggy had, two, Shaggy had two top ten songs, and the price of gas was $1.46 a gallon. 
<laughs> well, it's like headed that direction, right? <laughs> it's, it's I don't know what it is now. Two fifty yeah. something. Yeah. Regardless, it's on Brigham. It's down been here. a very very long time. Long basketball shorts down to the calves were still a very popular thing in two thousand one. Those aren't popular. No. No. Nope. Shoot. Short shorts are back in, baby. Got to get a different wardrobe. Crap. Our question of the day: How does the result of last night's game change the outlook going forward for BYU this postseason? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response from Matt D10E15 on Twitter. I feel confident in BYU's defense. Huge plus last night. Knowing this is rock bottom for the offense, it can only go up from here. If BYU gets Lee and Nixon back by the tournament, that'll add more depth and make BYU a dangerous team next week. BYU could be very dangerous next week. Absolutely. They're still dangerous. I have full confidence BYU can make 15 threes next Thursday against Yale or whoever. Coming up, Andy Katz tells us why going to be okay. And BYU basketball color analyst Mark Durant on making last night's loss that needed catalyst for change. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU baseball team begins a three-game home series against LMU on Thursday on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern. It's the first series in conference play. Let's go. Live from Las Vegas, the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are pleased to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline the always entertaining Mark Durant, who I know is feeling the same way that many of you are feeling this morning. Somber. There is rain in the area in Las Vegas. It was Vegas. raining. It feels yeah, appropriate. Jerem's got his black sports sweatshirt on. That means Brigham lost. Ah, group therapy. Mark, uh, let's bring you in. Help us feel better, won't you? I can't help you feel better. I mean, I don't think it's raining. I think it's just Cougar Nation's tears falling down. It's just very, very sad, but... Before we get started, I have to say something, though. I got to meet Spencer's mother last night, and a sweeter, more wonderful woman I don't think I've ever met. Just magnificent lady. I had a great time talking to her. I actually have more respect now for for Spencer. I didn't have much before, but now (laughs) I do, because uh, what a great lady she was. and I I just enjoyed talking with her. Made me feel better after that game, because I needed it. I was I was feeling down. It's always bad to lose. It's a hundred times worse to lose on a last second shot. BYU's got got to go their way a couple times this year, and but it seems like more often than not it goes against them. And to have it happen in a conference tournament when your hopes are so high and you're thinking, well, man, we can maybe we can win it this year, and it turns out it's just another early exit. It's hard to swallow for this team in particular. And uh, I'm feeling a little bit blue, but uh, it's nice when you at least have an NCAA tournament uh, bid to to fall back on. I mean, a lot of years we don't have that, and so still a lot to look forward to to give me a little hope and a little happiness. Mark, one, that's very nice of you to say about my mom, so uh, put that out there. That's that's a highlight. Uh, Number two, we're trying to figure out why this happened. Why? What what happened? What what occurred for this BYU team to kind of lay an egg on offense? Well, they were sloppy. They were not as physical as they needed to be. It might have taken BYU a little off guard. 
to realize how much more physical postseason play is than just regular play. Uh, obviously, St. Mary's plays a different kind of basketball when you're only scoring 50 points in a game. You know, you're not used to playing those kind of teams, so that that's a little bit unusual and can take you off your game. Reminds me of when we used to play Air Force. I mean, it was just a weird, ugly game. They they milk the clock and limit possessions, and so every turnover is magnified. And BYU had 15 uh, of those, and it was so. The other thing that I would note that that might have taken BYU a little off what they like to do offensively, you know, we kind of gloss over the loss of Colby Lee, and a lot of people debate on how big of an impact he has in the game. But but what's interesting is you watch BYU's offense; a lot of it runs through the high post touch, and whether it's Dalton Nixon or Colby Lee, those two guys run it the best. They, they they enter the offense by by hitting that high post, and then you'll see guards kind of run off that that that, and you know Colby or Dalton or Gavin will decide when to distribute and how to get. It's almost like they're kind of running the offense for a period of time, and, and I think without Colby on the floor, uh, it, it took BYU out of their comfort to a degree on running that offense, and so what you saw, uh, especially when it gets tight is BYU just a guy saying, okay, okay I, I'm just going to do it myself. You know, I'm going to put it on the on the floor, go get us a bucket. And and that's just uh, all season long, we've seen BYU with big leads. And, you know, it, the other team starts coming back. They get a little panicky. They kind of get out of their offense trying to do things on their own. And, and it's been a problem all year long. And BYU recently has – been able to withstand some of those meltdowns, but uh, it, it, that that Saharan drought last night was was awful and cost them the game. And it's it's been a problem all year long and may continue to be a problem. But uh, but anyway, the point is a lot of things can go wrong in tournament play. You play and they played a weird team and they played hard and, and credit St. Mary's and they made the big plays when they had to, but. Uh, you know, I'm not here to just list off excuses. I'm just my analysis of the game on why it went the way it did, and and credit St. Mary's for making BYU uh, taking them out of what they like to do. BYU's been one of the best offenses in the country this season. The best three point shooting team for the last several weeks. Effective field goal percentage. That team didn't show up, and that's that was very disappointing. It was pretty wild. We were talking about Jake Toulson and T.J. Haas don't make a shot in the second half. It's it's six total shots. How could BYU not get more than six made field goals in the second half, Mark? Jerem Spencer, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. Can you hear us? Mark Durant. Okay, we'll see if we can get Mark Durant back on the line. I think you just didn't want to answer the question. Uh, that's one way to avoid I, it, right? I, I that's think one way. I, he wait, wait. doesn't know the answer. Jake and, and TJ <laughs> had no points. I, I'm sorry. I, what? I can't hear I'm you. One, I can't comprehend this. I can't. Okay. Oh, he's, are you back, Mark? Mark? Can you hear us? Hey. I'm here. I talked for about ten minutes. Did you hear anything of what I said? Oh yeah, no, we yeah, yeah no, it we was heard great. all of that. <laughs> great analysis. Yeah, we heard all of it. Okay. Um, okay. So I had just an amazing question, and then you decided you didn't want to answer it, aka the uh, phone issue. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> how does BYU only make six shots in the second half? Four from Yoli, none from uh, Jake Toulson and TJ Haas. That's just a wild statistic. Oh, boy. I mean, I have no idea. That's so weird for this team. I mean, we talk about the best shooting team in the country, this high-powered offense. But, again, 
St. Mary's did a great job taking BYU out of what they like to do, and it seemed like BYU went all in on Yoli Childs. Let's get Yoli the ball, let him do his thing. He's been so good lately. And one of the things that St. Mary's did that was unique with Yoli is he'd get the ball. The double did not come immediately. And when he put the ball on the floor to make a move, then the double came. And I think it frustrated him. And usually when that double comes immediately, he's really good at identifying it and kicking it to an open three-point shooter. Uh, But I think the combination of Yoli wanting to kind of take the team on his back and, and and win the game for BYU and do it all himself. And then the, the little wrinkle that St. Mary's did coming in from different angles at different times on the double frustrated him. He got shots blocked, which you rarely see from Yoli on several, uh, like, like two or three straight possessions. He got a shot blocked. It, it was just a strange circumstance. And then of course, uh, you, you know, you, you get the, the limited number of possessions against St. Mary's. They, they get late in the clock every time. So you're not going to have many field goal attempts, period. And that drought was just epically bad for BYU. And, and yet still they had, they were in a great position to win that game. Yoli's little jump hook goes long. That would have at least assured an overtime. And then, then you're on your heels and you're, you put yourself in a situation where, uh, you're going to give Jordan Ford a chance to beat you. And if you give Jordan Ford a chance to beat you nine out of ten times, he will beat you. He is so good, and, and it was amazing. And the way he's able – everybody in the whole universe knew Jordan Ford was going to shoot that. And somehow he gets a wide-open 15-foot jumper. That's amazing what he can do. And, and BYU, I thought, did not do a good job defensively in, in, in setting up for that play because – like I said, everyone knew it was going to Jordan Ford. You've got to get the ball away from him. You've got to double him. You've got to do anything. Let anybody beat you but Jordan Ford, and yet somehow he gets a wide-open jumper. That was disappointing, but credit Jordan Ford. I mean, the guy is, is so good, and, and if you let yourself be in a situation where uh, he's going to have a shot, then you're probably going to go home sad. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball alumnus and current radio analyst. How can the Cougars use a result as disappointing as this as a catalyst for something positive? And when do they start to make that transition mentally, Mark? Well, I I think uh, it it was a nice wake-up call, if you will. Uh, I I don't really like to learn lessons by losing, but BYU had been on a nice streak there. And I think what they need to realize is that postseason play is a different animal referees tend to put the whistles in the pockets for the most part teams are much more physical you're going to see a lot more length and if you thought st mary's was physical and had length you haven't seen nothing yet when you get in the tournament so i think it's a wake-up call that they're going to need to to raise their level of play and their aggressiveness and how physical they are and not expect to be bailed out on fouls and get to the free throw line uh and, and not get sucked into those kind of games where uh, they they go away from the offense that has been so good to them all year long and sharing the ball. They only had seven assists last night is a paltry number, and and you can't let teams take you out of the offense that you want to do. And with it. now with that said, you've had pretty good success against good teams, tournament quality teams. Uh, you're a good three point shooting team, which goes a long way uh, in the tournament. I think BYU. Uh, went away from the three-point shot, which is their bread and butter last night, uh, and relied too much on Yoli inside. A- a- anyway, the-, the point is you've got 
the great things ahead of you. This St. Mary's game could be a minor blip on your radar screen in 20 years when you think back on this season. Now is the time that makes the, the difference. Now is the time where you can be one of the great teams and, and make a run in the tournament and people will be talking about you in 20 years. This is the opportunity. Yes, it was disappointing last night. It makes me sick to lose a game like that. But you put that behind you. This is this is the time you played all season long. This is the tournament. You get ready to go and be expecting tough, tough games and have that mentality and go out and get after it. And if you can have success in the tournament, nobody cares about losing this game to St. Mary's. So get that mindset moving forward. Don't think about this. Just think about what lies ahead. This is the this is what you've worked for all year long, not to play St. Mary's, but to get in the NCAA tournament. And this is where history can be made. Mark, great to talk to you, man. Uh, I do feel a little bit better. So mission accomplished, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm happy to assuage a few of the doldrums from Cougar Nation, but <laughs> let, let's let's be a little bit sad. But, man, this is a great team. And like I said, the future, uh, the next couple of weeks is going to be a blast. All right, brother. We'll see you down the road soon. All right, my friend. See you. Thanks, Mark. Mark Duran on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, what does Andy Katz see the Cougars doing in the NCAA tournament? What did last night's loss do to BYU's resume? We dive into the specifics of the metrics. Are they as bad as you think they might be? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yes, we still work even after a difficult loss to St. Mary's in Las Vegas. You know what? Daily show. We're going to push it forward alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is the part where we whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU loses to St. Mary's 51-50 in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament, marking the 20th straight season the Cougars haven't won the conference tournament. Gilly Childs, by the way, passes Kyle Collinsworth and becomes the all-time leading rebounder in Cougar history. Volleyball. Now ranked number one in the ABCA coaches poll, the Cougars receive all but one first-place vote after splitting the series 1-1 with Hawaii and winning five of the eight sets played. This marks BYU's first number one ranking in four years. Sean Olmstead's first season as head coach. BYU now 17-1. They have played the toughest schedule in NCAA Division One ball to date. And it's Division One and two. How about that? And you know I love a tough schedule. And when you win, you get the awards. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is the Offensive Player of the Week in the league. He had uh, like a gajillion aces at Hawaii, 11 to be specific. League-leading or NCAA-leading 56 on the season. Mickey Alhianen, Defensive Player of the Week. He had 13 blocks in eight sets against number one Hawaii. BYU plays at Stanford Friday. Golf. The BYU men continue playing the Lambskin Classic today in California. BYU currently eighth place, seven strokes behind the current leaders, San Francisco. Peter Quest for perfection, tied for sixth place overall, two under. Good luck to the Cougs in the third and final round of the tournament. And good luck to BYU basketball as they approach Selection Sunday. We hope that things and the dominoes fall so that the Cougars will receive a deserved and solid seating in the bracket. That said, it's time for the resume update. Are you ready for this? Following the loss of St. Mary's and yeah. BYU's worst offensive performance of the entire season, 50 yep. points. Yep. BYU remains at number nine in the net rankings. The net is flawed. 
BYU no, still at number nine. Talk about it. It's a one-point loss. To a team that's to top 30th 30. best team. A quad one win. Or quad one game. Yeah. You lost by one. So, yeah, net has its issues for sure. But BYU's looking okay. Let's walk down these. I think maybe BYU should be a five. We've talked about this. I just think they'll get a six. But okay. I think they should be a five. Ken Palm. Where are they in Ken Palm? 13. Down one. BPI 15. Same. They Zachary. stayed the same in the basketball Down three. Ethics. 19. Strength the record. Down two to 28. And then KPI stays at 27. BYU made St. Mary's home win a quad one last night by playing them. St. Mary's got better by beating BYU. Yeah, so all three games St. Mary's quad one, by the way. Pretty good. So the metrics are uh, really not that much change. Eight Net. and eight in quad one and two. 15 and 0 in quad three and four. Net, Ken Palm, BPI, Sagarin, yeah. all essentially the same. It's I mean, all they're good. all essentially the same. Record matrix, BYU went up. Average seed of 5.19. Okay. I think, I hope BYU gets five. Oh, I'm afraid of the 512. <laughs> Buy a dog if you're that scared. Come on. Get a security system. BYU could be a five. I think they'll get a six. But I'm hoping I'm hoping they get a five. I will take the it best seat possible. It all depends on the S-curve from the selection committee and where BYU has to play because of Thursday, Saturday, and what's going to work best. It could, it could be as good as a five. could be as bad it's as a seven. It's not going to be a four now. That's for sure after last night. It'll be a five, six, or seven. <laughs> Not bad. I'm guessing. Hey, a couple of big rootables tonight. North Carolina's had a rough season. They're Remember taking they used on to be good at basketball? Virginia Tech, who is also really kind of uh, faded off in the Yeah, ACC they're not play. on the bubble. Virginia Tech over North Carolina. Root for the Hokies. And in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game tonight, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Who are you rooting for, BYU Sports Nation? Who should we root for? I don't think it matters. I think St. Mary's playing Gonzaga is going to elevate St. Mary's into 28 or 27 in the net tomorrow or something. So that'll that'll help. St. Mary's just needs to stay quad one because BYU has uh, a win there. And that's already done. It feels like that's done. By playing the game. Yes. Yeah. I don't expect St. Mary's to compete well with Gonzaga tonight. How much, I, I think do they have win anything left digits. in the tank? They had to expend so much energy, one, to get through Pepperdine. They did get a day of rest, but they didn't play particularly well on offense. BYU, it took BYU's worst offensive performance just for St. Mary's to get to this point. I you think could argue that was St. Mary's best defensive performance. They held the uh, top 10 offense to 51 points. And that's what it took. What's the sacrifice? The offense. But what, what was the benefit? The defense. That's how they beat Gonzaga. Making it, it giving them a possession to win at the end. All right. Coming up, who gets the rise and shout out? And Andy Katz, NCAA insider on why he still likes BYU as a sleeper in the tournament. Time to not freak out. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Last night following BYU's one-point, heartbreaking, game-winning shot by Jordan Ford loss, we had an opportunity to speak with Andy Katz, who is all over the place. I mean, he is one of the top three college basketball insiders in the country, and he's here to watch the Zags, the Cougs, and the Gales. And he spoke with us about BYU's NCAA tournament metrics and potential seeding following that loss. What does it all mean, and is it time to freak out? Here's our two-on-one with Andy Katz. 
Andy, I think every BYU fan at this moment wants to know what does this mean for the Cougars in the NCAA tournament having lost to St. Mary's by one point in a quad one neutral side game? Well, I mean, the beauty of this tournament this year is they didn't have the pressure. Uh, so often BYU and St. Mary's have this Under pressure. they got to beat Gonzaga to get in the NCAA tournament. They were in. They were comfortably in. Um, I mean, I think they're somewhere in that six to eight range. Uh, my gut is more of a six, seven, somewhere in that range. So, you know, this is not a bad loss at all. Last second right here, right over here uh, to Jordan Ford and St. Mary's. I mean, this was a St. Mary's game. 51-50, got ugly, defensive battle. And BYU had multiple chances at the other end to win this game, and they just couldn't convert. The ball popped in and out. It's not a bad loss. Uh, I think that this is still a team that a lot of teams are not going to want to face in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it certainly wasn't the three-point shooting effective field goal kind of Yoli Childs going off kind of night for BYU, which we've seen a lot this year. Yeah, and I think when you get in, the, when you get in a conference tournament like this, it's always difficult because these teams have seen each other, they've scouted each other, especially if you've beaten a team twice or even if you've split with them. Um, you know, they know all your tendencies. And so this is not surprising that this was played more to St. Mary's level here on a neutral floor, uh, even though it was an unbelievable BYU crowd that had traveled here. Still, uh, you know, I, I think BYU is probably kicking themselves because they had chances. It, you know, as well as St. Mary's played defensively, BYU was right there to win this game and not have Jordan Ford be in that position to make that shot. What's the biggest challenge now for Mark Pope as the coach to get this team ready after another long layoff? I mean, they just went nine days. Now they're going to have to go ten days before they play another game. Yeah, but I would say this, that you know, maybe he needs to call Mark Few once they're done playing with this tournament because you know they're good friends and I think other WCC teams want the other one to do well uh, because the Zags consistently have performed well in the NCAA tournament with these long layoffs where you might not play till the following Friday uh, and this championship game is on a Tuesday. So uh, it has not been a hindrance for them. Um, I will say this. Uh, you guys may disagree with me, but, you know, look, I know BYU, BYU does not play on Sundays. We know that. But I think in this instance, it was definitely a benefit for St. Mary's because they play a double overtime game late Saturday night. Jordan Ford plays, what, 50 minutes, mm -hmm. scores 42. Uh, I guarantee you if this game, whatever day of the week it was, if they had to play the next day, you know, it would have been a problem for St. Mary's. And I talked to them after, and they know that they got, they got a little bit of a bonus here by getting a day off and a day to rest. So it's an unfortunate circumstance that, want to think. Yeah. that it benefited yeah. St. Mary's in this instance, but I think it did. Kind of is what it is, right? Build yeah. into the BYU thing. Uh, in terms of BYU as a threat to do something in the NCAA tournament, uh, how do you see the Cougars as a potential kind of dark horse to do something in the dance next week? So I've been high on the Cougs, you know, for weeks now. Uh, I think BYU and Creighton are my two teams that, even though Creighton's going to have a great seed, I think they'll be somewhere in a 2-3, but they're not your sort of traditional brand names. I mean, BYU historically is, but uh, to the sort of more modern-day fan uh, who may only think of Jim or Fredette, um, they're not thinking about BYU as much. And I think BYU and Creighton, those are my two teams that when the bracket comes out on Selection Sunday, I'm going to look where they are and feel pretty good about picking them at least to win a game or two, uh, if not more, just because of the way they can shoot the basketball. And, you know, I just don't think you're going to get teams that are going to know you as well 
as St. Mary's does, and not as many teams are going to defend as well as they do. Um, so I, I still think, as disappointed as BYU fans may be right after this game, I think they will find more euphoria next week. <laughs> this is great news you share. We appreciate the time, Andy, and we uh, wish you a full eight hours of sleep tonight or in <laughs> good, the near future. That, yeah. <laughs> well, at least we don't have to well, spring forward. I get the hour back. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. So my first item of agenda on the agenda uh, when I become a member of the... The Bishopric? Nope, nope, nope. The, the <laughs> committee that oversees time change in uh, America and the world will be to yeah. just get rid of daylight savings time. We just get rid of that, okay? Secondly, we could go all show discussing this. Secondly, we have other content. Andy Katz yes. uh, still sees BYU as he said in his six seven range. The metrics didn't move hardly at all. How much will BYU Why be punished? Six? How Why? much will BYU be punished for losing by one point? essentially on a buzzer beater, to Jordan Ford last night. Uh, to a top 30 team. To a top 30 team, yeah. Yeah. I, how, well, how much is going to hurt him? Seven doesn't – it's five or six, you know. Seven feels like a stretch. So, for me, I still think BYU six in St. Louis or Tampa or a five-seed in Spokane, just depending on what's going to work out best for the bracketing purposes Yeah. with the Thursday, Sunday – or Thursday, Saturday principles in play. Yeah. Okay, coming up, and one results. Were we better than BYU last night? Ooh. And a collective rise and shout out to a group that doesn't get nearly enough love. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio applications. Applications? What is that? Or download the podcast. You can always Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, review, yo. Because we must. Let's play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Jeremy, I think we were actually a little bit better than BYU was last night as a team in this basketball game, but it still wasn't great. My two-pointer from the semifinal in the West Coast Conference Tournament. BYU's big three of Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and Jake Tulson will combine for 52 points or more. The team didn't even score 52 points. The team, let alone the big three. They had 39 of BYU's season-low 50. And one. BYU will not shoot 42% or better from the three-point line. Swish. Okay, that, that was a swish. It doesn't matter. It, says but it doesn't matter. Yay. My first pick, BYU covers. So they'll win by five or more? Yeah, they didn't cover. And my end one pick, Jordan won't, Ford won't play the whole game. He, I, I got it. He didn't play the whole game. Who cares? Yeah, it didn't matter that yeah, he didn't play the whole game either. 45-40, I'm still up. He sat out next. the last six minutes of the first half, and it didn't matter. Yeah. I'm still up five going into the uh, NCAA tournament. 45-40. Okay, now I need BYU to advance. Otherwise, I've already won. Or do we, or do we make the tournament game worth more? Do we double the points? No. We I've do we double no, it? I've earned this. I don't get a bye to the semifinals because <laughs> it doesn't matter. I need BYU to win. So I need to win, and I need BYU to win so I can have I think we all need BYU to win tournament. after what we saw last night. Yes. Right? Please. Our question of the day. How does the result of last night's game change the outlook for BYU basketball going forward this postseason? 
our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at LDS Scott 127, says, we will have to see what happens with seeding. The higher the seeding, BYU makes a deeper run in the tournament, more likely. Now, does he mean the better the seeding? I'm all for saying yeah. better or worse seeding, not higher or lower. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's one high because it. one's a low number. So the yeah, better the seeding, making a change, BYU makes a deeper run. In the How dare you more change likely. this American's text? So this loss could be very costly. How costly is a one-point loss to St. Mary's in a quad one game on a neutral site? For seeding, if this drops BYU from a five down to a seven, that is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Yeah, the committee's not going to be that swayed. Well, it could be. It depends what other people do, right? You, so, could, you could you could be uh, you know nineteen and the seed line dropped to twenty four or whatever. Like you could drop five spots. Drop to twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Yikes! All right, today's rise and shutdown. Uh, we get here. We show up Wednesday night. Some of our crew showed up as early as Monday, um, and they set up this entire thing. Like, we did 12 games. We did uh, BYU Sports Nation for five days. Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Five days, and it just takes an army of capable, amazing people who have a good attitude and are very skilled and... uh, Let's just let's just say they're not going to win round ball ruckus, <laughs> but uh, Collins, Timmy, and Julian are some of our best. Oh Yo, yeah! They got the shot to go in. If only BYU had made one more last night like that. <laughs> Even on that basket. Okay, oh, the yeah. No, the no luck. Timmy, you get a chance. Hey, yeah. We love our crew. They're fantastic. Um, we just saw more made shots right there than Jake Toulson and TJ has had in the second half, oh. and that was hard because those guys are very good players. Yeah, but thanks to our crew. You guys are great. Oh, they're incredible. We, we appreciate it. It takes a serious everybody, Our producer, Ben Bagley, and uh, the new boss, Dave Phillips Jr., and everyone involved. Thank you so much. Yeah. Love, love you, peeps. Yeah. Where did Scott Morgan go? <laughs> Where, he was just right here. Where'd he go? Scott's like, we got a strike. We got to get out of here. The WAC tournament's coming in here after this tomorrow. <laughs> our thanks to today's guests, Mark Durant and Andy Katz Started of the NCAA. This better. We ran out of time. Hashtag BYUS. And if you'd like to join the conversation whenever for Jeremiah I'm Spencer, shout out to Jim Balderson. We'll see you back in Studio B tomorrow on BYU Sports Station. Go Cougs Vegas. We're out.